Welcome to this month's Harvard Caps Harris Poll, the poll that covers every issue from every angle, regardless of who thinks it benefits them or benefits the other side. Uh, in this month, we hope we will not disappoint as we cover issues like Iran, China, impeachment, online ads, and the State of the Union. So please, if you want more in-depth information, go to the harvardharrispoll.com and sign up for monthly alerts or follow the highlights of the poll at mark underscore pen underscore polls. So please do that, and I hope you enjoy this month's poll. Once again, this month, the field dates were late January, January 27th to 29th. We interviewed 2,527 registered voters, and the results, of course, are weighted for age, gender, region, race, ethnicity, marital status, household side, income, employment, education, most importantly, political party, because by keeping political party more or less constant, we avoid a lot of the random variations you see in some of the other polls out there. So let's delve into the first issue, approval and mood of the country. Well, as you know, we've been through a little thing called impeachment, but did it matter to the president's ratings? Did he go down? Was he affected? Was he taken down by the Democrats for impeachment? No, we all know that. Disapproval of the president has remained more or less constant. It's 54%. Approval of the president was at 46%. It's been 46 or 47%. That's certainly within any kind of margin of error for the last three or four months as the country was gripped at impeachment. Impeachment is now over, so I'll be fascinated to see what happens in next month's uh, poll findings. Well, I think that our poll, like some of the other polls, shows that the approval that the president has been achieving on the economy is reaching new highs at 60%. So 60% of the country supports the job that he has done on the economy. 60% say he's doing a great job stimulating jobs. 54% on terrorism, 48% on immigration. Foreign affairs up to 46%, administering the government 45%. Even though his overall ratings are not at their highest point, some of the ratings and some of the specific elements of the job that he is doing are reaching all-time highs since he was elected. It's very important because it suggests that impeachment and the fight with Congress is probably holding him down a little bit from where he would otherwise be just on the basis of how people are assessing the kind of job that the president is doing. Right track, wrong track of the country, no real change, 53% wrong track, 39% right track. Remember, this question really mirrors people's dislike of the political system and politicians. No one likes a majority of the Democrats or Republicans, the president, or anyone virtually with one or two exceptions involved in the political system. Compare this to what people say about the economy. A real surge from last July. Remember that recession we were supposed to have that was supposed to happen last year? It was supposed to happen the year before, and it absolutely definitely was supposed to happen this year, but it didn't. And so opinion now, 51% say the economy's on the right track. 36% say that it is on, on the wrong track. Again, pretty much movement to the high 
because there's so much partisanship, it's hard even on something like the economy to achieve a unanimity of opinion. We did get it on this question. How strong do you think the economy is today? 74% say strong, 26% say weak. Essentially, that and the previous month really go for highs. When the administration started, if you go back to February 17, in our poll then, 61% said the economy was strong. Now it's 74%. That's one of the few real changes in public opinion outside of partisanship that we can really find. And people's own lives are getting better. 40% now say that their lives are improving in terms of their finances. Uh, about 36% say that they're just as well off. Only 20% say that they're getting worse. And 4% say no opinion. So if you're out there with a message of doom and gloom on the economy, if you're out there saying, well, you're not getting your fair share of the economy, you're talking to about a record low of 20% of the country that feels that their economic situation is deteriorating. They're the people who see themselves as the losers in the economy, not as, as big a group uh, as, as we have seen in quite some time. What about the recession? Is it coming? Well, in September of 19, that people thought the recession was coming. But as you come here, uh, by the time you get to the end of January, this economy is going to be the same as now, going into a recession 31%, continuing to improve 22%. So some doubt about continuing improvement. People think that we're going to continue to have the kind of good economy we have. Look, people are, are rarely right about this, but this is a real measure of sentiment underlying the electorate. Uh, GOP approval, 44%. Approve, 56%. Disapprove, no real change. Democratic Party approval, we nudged up to 47, 53% disapprove. Again, is that uh, that's a two or three point gap uh, with the Republicans. They used to have a six or seven point gap. The gap as a result of impeachment, I think, is closed rather than opened. Let's take a look at what people think about our political figures. As we've seen in the last few months, Barack Obama has risen to the status of a nonpartisan former president making incredible Netflix films. Uh, he's got a 59% favorable. Bill Clinton used to be up there. He's at 48 to 45. I think that his reputation generally got tarnished in the Clinton investigations and maybe got, got tarred a little bit with Jeffrey Epstein. Bernie Sanders used to be way up there. He's at 47, 45. Still strongly liked among, among Democrats. He's got just an incredibly positive profile compared to most politicians, even if people don't support him on the issues. Joe Biden at 46. Donald Trump, 42, 54. Bloomberg is coming up here now in the ratings. He's got 40% favorable, 38% unfavorable. Again, a typical one-to-one -one profile with about 80%, a little less than 80% of the voters offering an opinion on him. The fight for the next 20% will be incredibly important. Will he be the only candidate who is liked by a majority of the electorate? He could get there. Most people don't have a firm opinion of Michael Bloomberg. 
and he's spending a tremendous amount of money telling people about the incredible job that he has done so that he could get it done. Keep keep your eye on that. Nancy Pelosi is 39.49, decisively disliked. Michael uh, Mike Pence, 39.46. Warren, 38.46. Pete Buttigieg is 36.32, so not everybody has an opinion on him. Hillary Clinton, 3657. Uh, it, it's just disappointing that that Hillary is so much below uh, Donald Trump now. And when you think about it, she was the one everybody wanted to be president uh, last time. Amy Klobuchar, 3030. Again, like Bloomberg, a substantial number of people still undecided on her. And that means 40% of the voters have yet to make up their mind. Within that 40%, if she can get a positive image, she can rise up. Schumer, 30-40, Adam Schiff, 28-37, Lindsey Graham, 25-41, and William Barr, 21-38. So as you can see, not a lot of change in the very very established politicians, but there are several people who are rising the ladder of image and favorability notably Amy Klobuchar and Michael Bloomberg. We'll see how they do as more and more people get to know them. The most important issue, healthcare, 38%, towering above immigration, which was seen as more important a few months ago when there was a lot of publicity about the crisis at the border. Terrorism, 26, economy and jobs, 24, climate change, 23, guns, 19, deficit, 19, not a lot of change in this, except I think that more and more people believe that health care is the most important issue. That's a good issue for the Democrats. Republicans are struggling uh, to neutralize or get an advantage on that issue. Reelective Donald Trump stayed steady at 39%. Like or dislike of Donald Trump stayed steady, 30% like him, 59% dislike him. So we continue to look at the issue splits. And we take here what a moderate Democrat would stand for, keeping Obamacare in place but expanding coverage, taxing carbon emissions, developing new technologies to fight climate change, raising the the minimum wage, raising taxes on corporations. 53% support that versus 47% who support lower taxes and reduced government. This is as opposed to up against the Bernie Sanders, uh, 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 Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez slate of issues, uh, Green New Deal, climate change, medical for all, free college. That issue set decisively loses to the Republican or Trump issues, 59-41. So whether or not there is a liberal or someone from the left in the Democratic Party, based on these issue questions, will make a very big difference on whether the Democrats have a real chance to win or whether or not it will be a landslide in favor of Trump. Let's look at some of these 2020 numbers. Biden, despite his performances, remains nationally the most popular, followed by Bernie Sanders followed by Bloomberg, followed by Warren, and followed by by Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar. We all know after after what's happened in Iowa and New Hampshire that Joe Biden is really 
uh, got the most trouble in terms of whether or not his campaign can continue to succeed and can get to the Super Tuesday states where he believes he has substantial uh, support. Bernie Sanders has the problem that Elizabeth Warren splits a lot of the progressive voters. He's beginning to pull ahead of her. Logically, if she drops out, he will have a very clear path to the nomination if the moderates, between Bloomberg, he will have a very clear path to the nomination, especially if the moderates, with Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar rising and Bloomberg rising, split their segments of the vote, uh, and Sanders could get enough delegates getting 40% or more in a tremendous number of congressional districts. That's really the question. Some of it is is really just the, the vagaries of who's in, who's out, who gets their share of, of the electorate. Sanders has the edge, but this contest is not over. Most people uh, might change their mind. We saw in New Hampshire, for example, that half of the electorate actually made up their mind the last day. So whomever they voted for, by and large, they did not have uh, a lot of strength of support for the candidates they voted for, particularly the new candidates that they didn't know as much about. Whereas maybe Biden and Sanders would have something of a more established base over the years. The new candidates really got a lot of their votes in the last day, amazing as it would seem. So uh, we did a series of polls, polls and questions this month on what happened in, in Iran. Uh, let me say that there were a lot of polls that came out right after the original t attack on General Soleimani that seemed to show the public divided uh, in some way on that attack. A lot of those questions, when I looked at it, never <laughs> revealed that the general was engaged in terrorism, was responsible for the deaths of American soldiers. Polls that were fundamentally biased in a very strange way. So. Some time has passed, and also those polls had a lot of questions about how do you think we're on the brink of war before they asked about approval of the, of the attack. And obviously now that whole situation seems to have de-escalated, uh, I think to the surprise of, of everyone who was observing at the, at the time. Uh, and so now we felt we could go back and ask some questions and see where, where the public really stands on that. So first, we asked a few questions about the Iranian regime. Do you think Iran is a peaceful force in the Middle East, or does it contribute to conflict and instability in the region? Only 22% see it as a peaceful force. Do you think the government of Iran has the support of its people? 65% of Americans say no. Do you think Iran is a working democracy? Remember, they have a bunch of presidential elections there. Or is it run by a group of religious leaders who claim absolute power based on religion? 82% say, well, hey, this is a theocracy. Do you think Iran is a serious threat, minor threat, or not a threat at all to the United States? Serious threat, 47. Minor threat, 45. Not a threat, only 8. Do you think Iran's leading military and terrorist strikes throughout the region in an attempt to expand its power, or do you think Iran is simply protecting its own borders? Well, you heard a lot about that. Oh, Iran, even now... There's even legislation in Congress to try to curtail the presidential powers related to Iran. 73% say that Iran is, in fact, using military and terrorist strikes throughout the region to expand itself. 
Do you approve of the way the U.S. government is is handling Iran? So we split sampled this. Uh, approval of the U.S. government's policy, 50%, 50% disapprove. Do you approve of the way Donald Trump is handling Iran? 46% approve, 54% disapprove. So the Donald Trump name splits it from 50-50 down to 46-54. We did a number of split sample questions uh, about Iran to test out how different phrasing affects poll results. Do you think President Trump is too tough, too lenient, or about right in handling Iran? Too tough, 32. Too lenient, 27. And just right, 41. So if you look at that, just right, 41. And too lenient is 27. That's 68% that want the same or tougher policy against Iran. Do you favor or oppose the Iran nuclear deal? 53% oppose, 47% favor. Let me just say that at the time the deal was passed, only 35% of Americans supported it. So this is actually an increase, but it is still a deal opposed by most Americans. Then when we asked them about the Obama administration's decision... Do you favor or oppose the administration's decision as part of the nuclear deal to ship billions of dollars in cash uh, in exchange for hostages and to give Iran access to $150 billion that they claimed was theirs that was frozen in back in the 1970s because it was owned by the previous uh, regime? 59% oppose that. You may remember that the time that the Iran deal was signed, the American public was not informed of the shipments of cash and that those things only came out later. Do you think the best way to deal with Iran's regional and global ambitions, including its desire to obtain nuclear weapons, is A, keep the pressure on Iran with sanctions and bring our allies together to push for a new deal that's permanent and curbs regional terrorism, 67%. Restore the Iran nuclear deal that lifted all economic sanctions in exchange for not developing a nuclear weapon for another seven years, 33%. So when... People say, let's go back to the Iran deal. Let's just put that back in place. Let's lift the sanctions. People oppose that reversion of policy by two to one and favor instead the policy of keeping the pressure on them now and trying to get a new deal. This is a very important poll finding I have not seen anywhere else. Uh, Do you support or oppose the decision to carry out the airstrike that killed General Qasim Soleimani, a top Iranian general. Now, interestingly, that's the way it was phrased, although there were no questions about Iranian uh, expansion uh, needs before it in many of the other polls. Today, we get 57% approve of that attack, a major increase from what I saw earlier polls had in in the mid to low 40s. Now, if you instead explain... And on a split sample basis, meaning we ask some people the first way and other people a a differently worded question, and instead call them a top Iranian general who is responsible for carrying out terrorist attacks throughout the region, including the assault on the U.S. embassy and prior improvised explosive IED attacks on American soldiers, 63% favored it. Or if you mention that he was a top Iranian general who was placed on the terrorist list by the Obama administration, 61% favorite, 38% opposed. So you can see with the passage of time here, this strike is now seen as something that the public strongly supports. You notice some of the Democratic candidates are still stuck back in the time when there were a lot of questions about it because there was a fear that we would go to immediate war with Iran, none of which 
happened, and you can see how you can see how the public uh, has in fact uh, gelled in terms of being much more in favor of this uh, than they were at the time. Were you aware or unaware that some money had been put on the terrorist list? Most people were unaware of that fact. Sixty-one percent. A lot of the news coverage tended to call him just a top Iranian general. And were you aware or not that he was responsible for IED attacks? There was more awareness of that, 55%. And were you aware that he was sowing unrest across the Mideast? Again, only about half. So even with the opinion we have, most people don't know most of the reasons and facts underlying why he would have been targeted in the first place. When you give them all of that information, support for the attack goes to 68%. And shows you to the extent that, that the media wasn't really covering Soleimani's full activities uh, when they talked about the, the attack. Public opinion was being skewed until the facts come out. So 67% say that the killing was justified. Uh, and again, uh, do you support or oppose the U.S. government not in, in, engaging in further military action? Again, the country's, country would be divided, uh, be divided on that. Uh, do you support the government imposing further economic sanctions? Everybody says impose further economic sanctions. Uh, and people think that the government, 58%, was just about right in terms of treating uh, Iran. Right now, are we going to go to war? 56% say the odds of that are low. And I think an interesting question on Trump, do you think Trump's actions towards Iran were deliberate and calculated or impulsive and careless? 58% deliberate and calculated, 42% impulsive and, care and careless. A rare win for the president when it comes to temperament. Do you think they were measured? Yes. And media coverage? Uh, yeah, people say media coverage, 28% too favorable, 23% too critical, 49% about right. So you go back, I think it's an interesting kind of look backwards at what happened to opinion about the Iran strike uh, as time went on, as no war occurred, as it de-escalated, more and more people saw that as the right thing to have been done. Uh, now let's take a look at what's going on uh, with our relationship with China and the trade agreement. Had, they, had people heard about the... Uh, Phase one trade agreement between the United States and China? Not, not too many people had. You may recall impeachment and other things were going on at the same time. Only 16% said they heard a lot about it. Uh, again, what elements of this agreement were major accomplishments? Most of them were seen as, as uh, significant accomplishments. The strongest was China will increase purchases of U.S. manufacturing, energy, and agricultural goods and services by at least $200 billion over the next two years. That was seen as a big win. Uh, if you look through it, China will make commitments to root out the sale of counterfeit goods was also seen, was also seen as a big win. Uh, intellectual uh, property protections were, were seen as, as a good win. Most of the things were seen as a good win, but I think the real standout part of it was getting the Chinese to buy more American goods. Do you think the terms were excellent, good, fair, or poor? Well, most people said excellent or good, though there isn't a lot of public knowledge about what they are or how this is working. And most people, 47%, think it will have a positive impact on American consumers 
compared to only 22% who say that it's going to have a negative impact. Hmm. So I think is this a win uh, for the Trump administration? Again, tough, tough question. 29% say win, 46% too early, 25% not a win. Uh, again, mostly I would say most people really didn't hear that much about this. Uh, people do want Trump to stay tough against China. If China doesn't hold up its end of the bargain, would you support or oppose President Trump imposing further tariffs? 66% say yes. So I think there's a lot of public support for tough China policy here, a lot of support for the wins that have been achieved so far. Impeachment is over, and if we go back uh, in late January, the public was right. 81% said it was unlikely that the Senate will remove the president from office. Uh, they, were, they were correct. Uh, when it comes to who was getting a good image out of uh, impeachment, Democratic senators got an edge, 43%, to Republican senators, 38%. Adam Schiff was 37-39. Trump's lawyers were 36-46. House impeachment managers, 35, 38, positive, negative. Schumer didn't fare very well at all, 34%, 41. And McConnell, of course, always willing to take the heat for his actions, 31, uh, 46. So Gerald Nadler not doing as well as Adam Schiff at 30, 36. Uh, so if it came to a choice between the two of them, which sometimes it did, uh, Schiff seems to be getting a stronger image, though none of them are even remotely near uh, a majority of support. Um, I think that uh, uh, a lot of people thought the president really did try to get the investigation of the Bidens. There were a lot of concerns about it. Uh, I think that when you go back and you try to explain what happened here, why did the Democrats make this such an issue and why did it fail? I think that that there are three questions that we had last month that do the best job at explaining it. We had the right scale, I think. So do you think that asking for the Ukrainians to look into the Bidens is an impeachable offense, misconduct but not impeachable, or within presidential authority? 40% said that's an impeachable offense. 30% said it's misconduct but not impeachable. And 30% said it's within presidential authority. So when you look back here, the problem with the whole impeachment was that only 40%, and that's a mostly highly partisan 40%, that most of whom already thought the president should be impeached before any of this material uh, surfaced related to the Ukraine, uh, thought it should be impeached. Then if you add the element of threatening to withhold aid, that goes to 43%. And so it never really got close to a majority when offered the choice, impeachable misconduct, or within presidential authority. So you saw a lot of Republican senators coming out afterward. Well, I can't really say that I approved of the president's behavior, but there should never have been an impeachment here. Uh, and I think that that sentiment really carried the day. And, and so as we predicted, dis despite a full battery of questions about impeachment, at the end of our impeachment series, we never get to a majority that favors impeachment versus censure or versus no action being taken. That's exactly how it played out. So I would say that impeachment and public opinion were largely in sync, and the effort by the Democrats to take this to the American public 
make it into an impeachable offense, whether it was or was not, failed. We did a very interesting series of questions on online advertising. I think no one else has really asked us directly about this. Do you think online political ads should be censored by online companies that run them or not censored? 54% say not censored when given that choice. 46% censored. Then you say, do you think online political ads should be checked for obscenity and threats of violence, but otherwise allowed to run, or should they be allowed if they only if they also pass fact checkers? 55% hmm. say, look, just check them for obscenity and threats of violence. Only 45% say also have fact checkers. But then if I just pull out, do you think that political ads should be fact checked? 73% say they should be fact-checked, completely contrary to the previous questions and choices. So Americans in some way want it fact-checked. On the other hand, they'll be satisfied with limited checks about obscenity and violence, and in general don't want political advertisements uh, censored, even though they are worried about false ads uh, uh, appearing online, even more so than ideological uh, censorship. When asked, do you think major online sites favor content mostly from the left, 39, mostly from the center, 42, mostly from the right, 19. So by almost or over, actually, two to one, most voters see major online sites as biased against right-wing or conservative opinion. That's a pretty startling finding. So with all this uh, back and forth about what should or should not be censored, I decided, let's just throw out a few different ideas here and see whether or not they think the various uh, comments should or should not be censored. Well, let's take a line from one of the impeachment managers, right? President Trump is a dictator. Should that be allowed online or not? 49% say it should be censored. 51% say it should be allowed. Uh, how about looking at the New York Times 1619 series? United States history began not in 1776 when the Declaration of Independence was signed, but in 1619 when the first slaves came to America. Well, when, when you look at that, 63% say that should be allowed. No problem. Hillary Clinton was a crook who took billions from her foundation and should be locked up. 52% would allow that to 48. Very close, right? Well, I wonder if that's a very different 52% versus the 51% that would allow President Trump as a dictator. In fact, it's really the mirror image. Climate change has been vastly exaggerated as a problem. 60% say allow that. Joe Biden is corrupt because he knew his son was getting millions of dollars from a Ukraine energy company. 55% say allow that, despite all the journalism stories saying, oh, there's absolutely no evidence here that that's uh, of corruption. And it's time for to overthrow this government, cut the head off the president, the Speaker of the House, and all our leaders. Ha! That is where the American public drew the line. 69% said that that should be censored. So here you get a kind of a good understanding of what happens if you give the censor's pencil to uh, American voters. They split right down the middle, and if you allow them to, they would be very happy to obliterate their opponent's arguments and censor them. And that's really the inherent danger in allowing censorship. But when it does come to violence against our leaders, that's where there was significant agreement that in fact that really should 
be censored. Finally, let's take a look at some of the major issues being talked about that could go could go into the, the president's policies, the democratic planks. What are the issues that people want? Uh, what would they support in a state of the union or, or a platform of the Democratic or Republican Party? Number one issue, reducing the price of prescription drugs. Wow. Incredible public demand for that. Requiring insurance companies and hospitals to disclose the real prices of goods and services. Wow. That's almost, that's you're talking 90% support for these kinds of proposals. Access to experimental treatments by terminal patients, almost 90% support. Lowering the cost of prescription drugs for legislation that takes aim at freeloading practices that lets other countries have lower prices. Well, and if you really look at that, outside of everything related to healthcare and drugs, countering Iran influence so that they don't gain nuclear weapons is the next issue of general consensus and power, defeating ISIS. Uh, and But it's so fascinating that whoever wins the next presidential election, one of the key elements of it will be the battle over who has a better health care plan that will do more for Americans. And whether or not it will be too much government, too expensive, just right, uh, is a reorientation of pricing and drug companies or transparency. That's a battle waiting to happen uh, when there are nominees. So when you look at, we've, we've polled... Uh, We've pulled a whole range of issues, uh, and and I think you could look at them in depth. I think it's what's kind of what we try to do uh, in the Harvard Caps Harris poll is to go more in depth in the issues and to, and to get opinion out there. At the bottom of our list, eliminating government funding for Planned Parenthood—that's not something that a majority of the public wanted to do. Most of the other issues that you heard about uh, in in the State of the Union or were slated you know, as part of the uh, agenda of the administration has pretty strong support in the 60 to 90%. But as I said, the real battle is going to be, is going to be over drugs and, and uh, prescription drugs and how uh, those costs will or will not be passed on to the consumers. Um, again, if you look at how much progress the administration has made on the issues it's tackled, leaving out the economy, but really looking at the kind of day-to-day -day issues, the administration is seen as having made progress on the military, having made progress on restrictions on immigration, uh, getting more contributions from NATO. Uh, but those contributions, even it's, it's a little bit less than a majority that are willing to acknowledge that they made contributions you know, in, the, in, these, in these areas. Uh, the administration is seen as not having made any progress on cracking down on illegal aliens uh, who commit crimes or are arrested by requiring local governments to turn them over to immigration authorities or face uh, the loss of law enforcement funds. So that whole policy is seen as something that's having failed, fixing trade deals, uh, to be fair, still not seen as having, as having really turned the corner. So Getting approval for a lot of accomplishments outside the economy, very tough uh, on the administration outside of modernizing the military and instituting new restrictions. So I come back again, just in wrapping up where Americans think about the issues. We know that if, if 
uh, a candidate, a presidential candidate that's too far to the left, takes a lot of the AOC positions, that's probably a losing position. We know that a more moderate can go 50-50. The country is very divided over the lower tax, pro-business, uh, tough on trade, tough on Iran policies that President Trump has been pursuing, and more moderate policies that would have been more of a continuation of the Obama administration. That's where the public splits almost right down the middle. But if it's a choice between continuing the current policies and moving significantly to the left, that becomes a no-brainer. In that case, they'll reject a significant move to the left. And that is clear from these policies. And we also look finally for the battle over health care and drug prices. Watch that one. It's going to be critical in this upcoming election.